All right, everybody, welcome into Sideline Spectator Season 3, Episode 7. Just Jake Smith today, no Sam Kell. We're going to do opening takes, Pats versus Raiders, Titans versus Ravens. We're going to talk Chargers and Cowboys a little bit while Sam's gone. Uh, we're going to talk 49ers and Eagles, random losses, and that's exactly what they are. Ballers and bombs, and then parlay to poverty to end it out. So we're going to start with opening take, and my opening take is that everybody knows that Bill Belichick is chasing Don Shula for the all-time wins record. What a lot of people don't realize is that Bill Belichick is closer to breaking another record, and that record is most coaching losses in NFL history. So while he's chasing the all-time wins record, he's more likely to get the all-time losing record in NFL history. So the, the way it breaks down is Jeff Fisher and Dan Reeves share the all-time record for head coaching losses with 165 apiece. So Pats just lose this weekend. So Bill Belichick has nine more games until he breaks that 165-game uh, losses record. While it seems unlikely for this season to get the all-time wins record, uh, it's looking more and more every single week that I watch this team play that they do, in fact, get the all-time losses record. Now, the Patriots, as it sits right now, Ha, or sorry, I'm saying Bill Belichick. Uh, so so he's he's chasing the 328 uh, all-time wins wins record. So while Bill Belichick has had Tom Brady, Bill Belichick's record is 219 and 64. That's a 77 percent win rate. That's basically equivalent to winning 13 games for each 17 game season. Without Brady, Bill is 80 and 93, which is the same equivalence as going eight and nine every year for a decade. That is that is just insane. It, it's it, we've talked about it endlessly on this show for the past two weeks, and it's just one of those things where you see it more and more that Bill wasn't necessarily the biggest slice of the pie for the New England Patriots' success. success, It was more so Tom Brady. And I don't think, as a, as a Patriots fan, I don't think that that's wrong to say. I'd, I've said it numerous times that I only think that you are a true fan if you can criticize your team. I, I don't think that people that can't say a negative thing about their team, they can be like diehards and stuff and, you know, go to every single game or, you know, defend their team endlessly. I don't think like that that that's all well and good, but if those same people can't criticize your team, your ownership, uh you know, roster moves, anything like that, if you can't criticize your team as well, I truly don't think that you're a true fan. And I don't think that it's wrong for me to say that as of right now, the writing is on the wall. I mean, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl his very first year without Bill Belichick. And Bill has been horrendous since Tom Brady. Now, I I don't want to get into draft talk too much. Uh, you know, college football is still going. NFL is, you know, 
a quarter of the way done. So like it, it's not even close. But the Patriots, as it sits right now, are sitting with the sixth overall pick. They're going to have to lose. They're going to have to have that number three, maybe number four slot to be able to get somebody like Drake May because more than likely Caleb Williams is going number one overall. I would love to see Drake May in a Patriots uniform. But all that to say, my opening take is that Bill Belichick is closer to getting the loss record, and nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking. Of course, I'm going to talk about it because I like being negative, but nobody else is talking about how Bill is closer to getting that loss record than he is the wins record. So it's <laughs> it's going to be a huge, huge deal, I think, when it actually does happen because nobody's talking about it in the national media. And then whenever it does happen, it's just going to be – it's going to flood everybody's timeline on on Twitter and on the, you know – national broadcasts and everything like that. That's all they're going to talk about, but they're not talking about it leading up. Like it's inevitably going to happen unless by some how, like some happenstance that Bill gets fired halfway through the season, which is definitely not going to happen. But we'll talk about Pats and Raiders real quick. So the Patriots, they activated Malik Cunningham from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Now, if anybody that doesn't know Malik Cunningham, he was the quarterback for Louisville. Same school that Lamar Jackson went to. Patriots, uh, he's on the Patriots roster now. He's a rookie this year. So in the preseason, he looked great. You know, looked very Lamar-esque, you know, running the football. Can throw just a little bit, not, nothing too special. But he's been on the practice squad this whole year, and he was activated. Now, he was labeled as the backup to Mac Jones, not Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi was dressed out, though. But they gave Malik Cunningham the backup role instead of Zappi. Now, for whatever reason, tell me how this makes sense, listeners. Malik Cunningham didn't take a single snap pregame at quarterback at all. All he did was run routes with the receivers. And he did that in the preseason, too. He, he, he played receiver as well. He, he's just one of those, you know, classic Bill guys. Well, whatever it'll take for me to get on the team and help the team, I'll do it. That's all great. He didn't take a single snap in in pre in pregame warmups at quarterback. And they asked him, reporters asked him about that after the game, and he said that they wanted to keep it as low key as possible. That is insane to me. That is insane. And this this could very well be my opening take because that is exactly what stupid teams do. That that is something that if any other team did that, we would point at them and laugh at them and make fun of them for the next week until their next game. That's exactly what would happen. Didn't happen in this situation. If you have Tom Brady, that that's the big difference. If you have Tom Brady on your team and you want to do something like this, like, oh, we're keeping it low-key just in case I do have to, you know, th- uh, throw a pass or two or something like that. With Brady, you could do that and – People would be like, oh, that's genius. Like, they were keeping it so low-key. They thought that Malik Cunningham was just going to play receiver, and that's it. He wasn't going to take any snaps. That's what you could do with Tom Brady. Without Tom Brady and the way that this team has looked, there's nothing that you're hiding from any other team or any other coach. Like, you're just a bad team now, and you're trying to continue to do these little mind games when if you're this bad, you can't do these mind games. You actually have to be a normal functioning team. Uh, 
Devontae Parker, Mac Jones threw his best pass of the season, I think, was leading Devontae Parker up the left sideline, hit him square, hit him in stride, square in the hands. Devontae Parker dropped it. Devontae Parker, after the game, was asked about it, and he is the most unpatriot player that I've ever heard because he refused to take any accountability. It hit him square in the mittens, guys. It hit him square in the mittens. He refused to take any accountability for it. Ball dropped. They asked him about it, and he was just like, yeah, I I don't know what – he asked the reporter, I don't know, what did you see? And then the reporter responded and said, looked like ball was there. And he was like, oh, okay, I guess the ball was there. And then the reporter followed up and was like, did you feel like you you should have made the catch? Uh, like, where did it hit you? And he was like, uh, I think it hit me on the fingertips. That ball unequivocally did not hit him in the fingertips. That ball hit him square in the palms. It is the best ball that Mac has thrown all season and probably all last season as well. He refused to take any accountability for it. Just the most unpatriot-like player that that I've ever heard. That it was absolutely insane. And then uh, the only other thing that I want to talk about is the Pats trying an onside punt. So Mac Jones got a safety at the two-minute warning, and in return, so when you get a safety, that offensive team has to punt the ball back to the opposing team that got the safety against you. I didn't know that you could do this. You can onside that punt just like as if you were onsiding a a regular kickoff. Bill tried to do that, and apparently this is the very first time it happened was in the late 70s or early 80s. I I can't remember when, when it was. And then a CFL team ran it like eight years ago. And so you know that that has been in Bill Belichick's back pocket for 30-plus years. He's just been waiting. He's been ghouling to to use that play. Uh, I mean, the, the past season is over. I've said that the past two weeks. I mean, it's it's whatever. It's it's now funny to talk about this stuff that I'm talking about because now we get to look at it on a side of they're just a stupid team. They're just a terribly run team, and we haven't gotten to say that the last 20 years. But now we get to now we get to point at them and say these guys are stupid. They're not Los Angeles Chargers stupid, but they are stupid. Uh, Titans versus Ravens. Ryan Tannehill got hurt. Malik Willis comes in. I don't want to talk about this for too long because it is the Titans, and I just I hate talking about the Titans. But I thought at the beginning. I was like, oh, Malik, like he, yeah, he, he's not that bad. And Tannehill's actually, in my opinion, I thought Tannehill was playing decent-ish. He throws a lot of hospital balls, but when he's, when he actually gets to step into his throw, he's a pretty, he, he's a pretty decent quarterback. When he's rushed, he's, he's absolutely horrendous. Uh, but Malik comes in. I didn't think that he was too bad, and then he got sacked. So many times, I would say that most of them were like self-sacks where he just can't feel pressure or anything like that. But especially at the end of the game when he stayed in bounds and he should have just gone out of bounds on that left-hand side, just an all-time like boneheaded young player move. I know Vrabel is probably going to coach that out of him, but like I just feel like as a football player just in general, you have to know that situation. That's not like an NFL thing. That's a thing that 
ever since you were probably in middle school, you know, in that situation, oh, I'm already here. I just need to go out of bounds to save some clock. And he didn't do it. Um, but little, little, little tidbit right here. So I don't understand. And th- this is, this is more so on Vrabel. And I don't criticize Vrabel very much, but this is the, t- the Titans are two and three right now. In those two wins for the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry has touched the ball 25 times in week two and in week four, 22 times. Okay. This is all the Titans' losses. Okay. Yesterday or was Sunday, whatever. Uh, only 12 carries. Week before that, 13 carries. And then week. One, he got 15 carries, and week three, he got 11 carries. All those are losses, okay? I'm Look, I'm not saying that you give the ball to an aging Derrick Henry that, you know, the wheels are going to fall off inevitably at some point. I'm not saying you give the ball to him every single time, but give him 20 carries, we're not we're not stats guys on this show, but but the numbers point to me. They're only two wins. He got twenty plus carries. He got twenty two carries and twenty five carries, and both of those were wins. The losses: eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fifteen carries. Tell me how that makes any sense. I'm making sense, but the the writing is on the wall for touches for Derrick Henry, and it, it, it equating to wins. Uh, Chargers Cowboys, the I Sam said that Herbert played terrible, like that loss was on him. I didn't necessarily think so. I did have to go back and watch because I fell asleep at halftime, so I only caught the highlights after. But I didn't think that Herbert was necessarily the issue. I didn't see a lot of guys running open. Now, Herbert missed that huge, huge uh, play uh, to Keenan Allen, the wheel route on the left-hand side. Definitely should have hit that, but they wound up picking up the first down anyways, like the next play, I think. But I don't know. I, I didn't think that Herbert was necessarily the the problem. I mean, the Cow- the Cowboys might actually be good. I know that last week when we did our power rankings, I they were my worst, best team. I don't know. I might just be wrong. They, they're probably just like the Cowboys per usual, where it's like they look like the best team in the NFL one week, and then the very next week it, they look like total garbage. Um, okay, ball uh, – sorry, last thing. 49ers and Eagles, those are just random losses. Like I said at the beginning of the show, those are just like scheduled random losses. I mean, the Patriots had them every now and then. Uh, with Tom Brady, like it was just like, oh, they should definitely beat this team, and for whatever reason, they they just lose, they just lose to them. Like I think in 2011 or something like that, Tom Brady lost to Vince Young uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. And the NFL is a parody. It it's all matchups, just like the you know NBA and stuff. But football is like I think the biggest matchup thing that there is. I, I think that it just depends on how you match up well against the other team. And the 49ers and Eagles, they were the only two undefeated teams in the NFL. That's just, I don't know. Those are just scheduled random losses. They're going to be fine. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take any, and it, it the 49ers, it took McCaffrey, Devo and Trent Williams 
to get hurt to be able for, for the Browns to be able to actually beat them. And it, it, I guess it's a sideline spectator kiss of death because we bragged on Brock, Brock Purdy last week and he had his, his like not even close, like his worst game of his NFL career. It's his very first regular season loss. I think he's like 11 and one. I want to say now as a starter, which is, which is crazy. But after it's just funny that after we gave him all that praise and all that hype that he, goes out there and poops the bed uh, this past week. Uh, ballers and bums. So Derrick Henry, baller, because he only got 12 carries, like I said earlier, but for 97 yards. That's 8.1 yards per attempt or per carry. Uh, he also got a touchdown. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 catches for 124 yards and a touchdown. Bums. Brock Purdy, I just said it. He went 12 of 27, 125 yards, touchdown pick. Mainly, He's mainly a bum just because of how much we praised him last week. I mean, like I said, it's a sideline spectator kiss of death. And then Gardner Minshew. Any nerd that looks at the box score and is just like, oh, he threw for a lot of yards. He threw for 129 yards. Yeah, but he threw 22 incompletions. He went 33 of 55, so that's 22 incompletions for for 329 yards, a touchdown, and he had three picks. Gardner Minshew, I I like Gardner Minshew. I just feel like he's one of those quarterbacks where it's like Colt McCoy. He can win you like two games max as like a backup going to a starter because the starter gets hurt. But then after that, he he's trash. Like he's a total liability. Uh, and then parlay to poverty to end it out. So me and Sam, we crushed it. This was the only week that I forgot to tweet out our picks. And lo and behold, I went 4-0 and and Sam went 3-1 and on our picks. So, of course, the, the only week that I forget to tweet them out, I go 4-0 and and then Sam goes 3-1. and So as it sits right now, I'm 12-9 and for the year and Sam is 10-11. and So he's about to cross over that 500 uh, – Win-loss record. But for this week, Sam has Jags money line versus the Saints. That is uh, Thursday night football, and I'm sure he's banking on Trevor Lawrence playing. Bucks minus two and a half versus the Falcons. Uh, could be a, ba- a bounce-back game for the Bucks, And then Chargers plus five and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's America's game of the week. And then for me, I've got, unfortunately, I've got Bills minus eight and a half versus the New England Patriots. I've got Lions money line versus the Ravens. The Ravens are favored in this, but I've got Lions money line. It's plus 132 against the Ravens. I'm taking that every day of the week. The Lions are a legitimately good team. They're better than the Ravens. Maybe it's just a matchup problem. I don't know, but if the Lions are the underdog against somebody like the Ravens, I'm taking the Lions every day of the week. And then Chiefs, Chargers, over 48 and a half. And I know both these teams have like it's weird because they're good offenses, but every now and then they'll struggle to score points. I just think that like when these two teams play, when it's Herbert versus Mahomes, you just have to take the over no matter what it's set at. If it if it was set at like sixty six and a half, I'd still probably take the over. But over forty eight and a half on that, uh, I think that'll do it for this week, and we'll see you guys next time.